Well, we are so thankful to be together this morning to worship our God. We appreciate those that are visiting. It's a privilege to be together, to come before the God of heaven and be in his presence and honor him. And I hope you're appreciating that privilege even today. I appreciate the song that we just sang. Well, of course, all the songs that we sang in the prayer that was prayed and being able to partake of the Lord's Supper. But you think about uh, sharing our mutual woes and bearing our mutual burdens. It's, it's a great and wonderful relationship that we have in Christ. It's an honor to help one another out uh, and in, in doing that to imitate Christ, in fact. And, and that's really what the lesson is going to be about this morning. As we think about uh, being priests to one another and the, the privilege it is to be a priest, but really the privilege it is to have someone to go to when you've got a burden, when you've got something you need help with. And so to begin our thinking this, mo- <clears throat> this morning, I'd like us to go to the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 13. We have been, as most all of us are aware, looking in our Bible classes at the wilderness wanderings, the Exodus. Uh, it was mentioned by Justin this morning as he spoke before the Lord's table as we thought about the function of priests. Uh, and so the last few classes, we've, we've considered... Uh, the, the tabernacle. Today we were talking about uh, the garments of the priests and their appointment by God. We'll talk about some more of their functions a little later in our classes, but uh, I, I want to pull from that concept of that priesthood in the Old Testament and look at one of the particular functions that it had. We'll study more in our classes on this a little bit later, but Leviticus chapter 13. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, when a man has on the skin of his body a swelling, a scab, or a bright spot, and it becomes on the skin of his body like a leprous sore, then he should be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons the priest. The priest shall examine the sore on the skin of the body, and if the hair on the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is is a leprous sore, then the priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. And so here we have the responsibility of the priest to examine one who might be leprous and determine whether or not he is leprous and to pronounce him clean or unclean. Now, chapter 13 of Leviticus just keeps on and on with this with various kinds of uh, perhaps manifestations of leprosy that may or may not be leprosy, may or may not be a big problem, but whatever it was, the problem was to be taken to the priest. We pick up in verse 4, if the bright spot is white on the skin of his body and does not appear to be deeper than the skin, hair is not turned white, then the priest shall isolate the one who has the sore for seven days. And we've learned a lot about isolation, right, during COVID time. And uh, that's not new to us. The Lord knew all about that. The Israelites knew all about that when it dealt with, when they were dealing with with leprosy. The priest, it says, shall examine him on the seventh day, and indeed if the sore appears as it was, the sore has not, has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall isolate, isolate him another seven days. We were whining about 10 days of isolation. These guys are having to go through 14 days of isolation just for a little sore on their, on their bodies. And the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day, indeed if the sore has faded, the sore has not spread, the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It's only a scab, and he shall 
wash his clothes and be clean, but the scab had all spread over the skin. He's been seen by the priest for his cleansing. He shall be seen by the priest again. People who might have leprosy spent a lot of time going to the priest. In fact, as you read through Leviticus chapter 13, you'll find that the, the phrase, the priest shall examine him, is found 16 times in this chapter. The priest shall examine him. The priest determined whether or not it was leprosy. The priest determined whether or not the leprosy was healed. The priest declared what the leprous person, or perhaps even not sure if it's a leprous person, but the priest declared to him or her what should be done. What process should be followed in dealing with this problem of leprosy? Sin in Scripture is compared often to sickness. And leprosy especially is a great symbol of what sin is. We're going to see this a little bit. We're going to look at some leprosy accounts in the New Testament. But without doubt, just to start out with, sin is sometimes called infirmity. You're aware of that, right, in Scripture. And infirmity is sickness. Infirmity is a sickness. So sin is sickness. Jesus is the great physician, right? We sing a song about that. That concept is in Scripture. What's he healing? Well, he's not healing sin, sickness so much as he is healing sin. And and so to start out with, let's get this concept in our minds that, that, that sin and sickness, like leprosy, have a lot in common. Have a lot in common. What are some of the things that sin and leprosy have in common? How is leprosy like sin? Well, first of all, leprosy was an inward disease that eventually had outward manifestations. And that's exactly what sin is. Sin starts on the inside. Just like the leper could have the disease of leprosy for a long time without knowing it, so it is with sin. We're not exactly sure what the disease of leprosy was in ancient times. In fact, it was likely more than one disease. But one disease that is like it today, that is very similar and may have been included in leprosy of ancient times, is a a disease that we call Hansen's disease. Hansen's disease has an incubation period of from nine months to 20 years. And you thought, again, you thought that COVID incubation was a little bit rough. Nine months to 20 years for the incubation of this disease. And it could be working in your body all of this time. And then a scab pops out. You hadn't been around anybody with leprosy for 20 years. And a scab pops out and you got leprosy. It's been working inside you all this time. Buddy, that's a picture of sin. Sin gets in us. And it works slowly, like leprosy, or the Bible refers to it as like a cancer. And it gradually, gradually overtakes us. 
Sin often starts with sinful attitudes, secret sins, things that we may not even be aware of ourselves that we're doing that are not in compliance with the will of God. But ultimately, it begins to show itself publicly. And then we try to defend and justify it. We try to say, oh, it's, it's not that big a deal. But it starts to fester and putrefy. All of that begins from within us. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 5, the Apostle Paul has said, when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. Now, in, in biblical parlance, when... The, New Testament writers talking about something being in our members. They're talking about it's in our bodies, inside of us. Members are the parts of our bodies. So when Paul says these passions, these sinful passions, they were, they were inside of us. They were, they were working within us to do what? To bear fruit. They're going to come out, you see. This thing that was within us. And Jesus talked about how so many sins start from within, in the heart of man. That's where the defilement really begins and occurs. Leprosy is like sin in that it is really an inward disease with outward manifestations. Secondly, leprosy was a loathsome disease. It could, in eventuality, be felt by the person who had it. It could be and often was despised by both the person that had it and those that had to interact with him or came in contact with him or even saw him, it created an uncomfortable numbness, sort of like neuropathy in some of your limbs. Those of, I know, Sheriff, you have neuropathy. I do. Uh, it's a kind of a pleasant, numb, unpleasant numbness that you have in your extremities. Well, uh, leprosy could cause that sort of thing. It often had wounds that went along with it. There was a terrible odor as those wounds festered. Uh, a leper could be smelled from some distance away, uh, typically. And the aroma would drive others away. Sin's a lot like that. Sin's a lot like that. Go in your Bibles now to Psalm 38. Notice with me in verse 3. As David really connects and intertwines the problems of sinfulness and sickness... And he says, there is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. The wounds there that he's talking about surely are not uh, physical. The wounds are spiritual. They are foul and festering because of the foolishness of his sin. He describes it. And so it was with the leper. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 19, I'll go back to Psalm 38 in a minute, but just to mention that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 19, the Apostle Paul describes those who are given over to sin as being past feeling. And they've given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. The ESV says their impurity. So here, like a leper, a sinful person is impure. He's unclean. And that's what would, they'd have to cry out, right? The lepers would have to cry out, unclean, unclean. 
And here, one, overcome with, one who's overcome with sin is unclean. He's impure. And he's numb. He has gone past feeling. He can't even feel it anymore. How bad off he is because his spiritual nerves have lost their sensitivity. Maybe his conscience is seared. Maybe he's just been doing something bad so long he can't even recognize it as being bad anymore. We fall into a sinful habit and it becomes such a habit that we don't even think about it as wrong anymore. Leprosy was an isolating disease. It puts you outside the camp. It puts you in quarantine. It separated you from loved ones. And sin can do that as well. It destroys relationships, family relationships, relationships in Christ. It separates the infected person also, of course, from the presence of God. Let's go back now to Psalm 38. In verse 6, I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all day long, for my loins are full of inflammation. There's no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pants, my strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it is gone from me. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my relatives stand far off. Sinfulness, like sickness, isolates us. It separates us. It puts barriers between us and others. Where the closeness that we might had shared or could have shared disappears, evaporates. And what's left is this horrible void of loneliness. Because you can't be close to somebody because of your sin. You don't want them to see it. You don't want them to talk to you about it. You're ashamed of it. You don't want them to know. And if they know, you think, well, they think less of me. They'll never accept me. All of these things, Satan works in our minds, right? As a consequence of our sins. Leprosy is like sin. It's a very isolating disease. A leprous person could not cleanse himself. During Bible times, of course, there was no medical remedy, uh, no diet, no exercise program that you could engage in to get past leprosy. There was no known natural way to heal it, no medical way to heal it. There was no ointment or pill that could even touch it. If you were a leper, you were a leper. And the likelihood that you would ever be healed was virtually non-existent. Jesus can heal the leper and the sinner. That's the great news for us today. So let's go to the book of Matthew now and look at a couple of cases, just a couple. There were many. 
where Jesus healed lepers. In Matthew chapter 8, I'll start reading in verse 2. A leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Here's a man who comes in faith. Jesus has performed a number of miracles already. No doubt, no doubt this man knew the power of Jesus, believed in who Jesus was and his abilities. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Extraordinary thing that Jesus does, right? Because you don't touch lepers. <laughs> you don't, but Jesus had full confidence in the power of God working through him and him being the great physician. He touched him. And he says, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest. All of this time, centuries and centuries later, what we read in Leviticus 13 was still being practiced by Jesus, the Son of God. If you think you might be cleansed from your leprosy, if you think you're past it, what do you do? Show yourself to the priest. Let the priest examine him. The priest will look at it. The priest will say, you're good, you're not good. You need to do this, you need to do that. If you're good, then you're going to go offer some offerings as a consequence of your cleansing. Go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, it's interesting that Jesus is telling the, the, the cleansed leper not to tell anybody else, but just to go to the priest. But in going to the priest, it would be a testimony of the healing power of Jesus Christ. You see that? This, this person was instructed not to just go all the world, but to go to the priest and the priest would know that Jesus can heal us. Hold on to that thought for a little bit. There's another instance of healing of lepers. It's found in Luke chapter 17. Let's look at that one. Jesus entered a certain village in verse 12. And there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off as they were supposed to under the old covenant. They stand far off, they lift up their voices, but they cry out to Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now that's not what they're supposed to do. <laughs> what they're supposed to do is hold their hand over their mouth, almost, almost like a mask. Hold their hand over their mouth and say, unclean, unclean. But that's not what they do. They say, Jesus, have mercy on us. So they're asking for healing and for help from Jesus and so it was, uh, Jesus said to them, when he saw them, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, now he hadn't come near to them. He just calls out to you, go show yourselves to the priest. Second time, Jesus says that to lepers. You go show yourselves to the priests. And so as they went in obeying Jesus' command, as far as they knew, they were still... But all of a sudden, they turn and go, and as they go, they're cleansed. I'd have liked to have seen the look on their faces. Wouldn't you? They're hightailing it to the priest, and they start looking at one another. Hey, buddy, your scab's gone. Well, my scab's gone too. What is going on here? And all of a sudden, we're all okay. The text tells us, 
As they went, they were cleansed. There are some really helpful and powerful lessons we can get out of this. Sinners today should show themselves to the priest. Rather than living in the agony of leprous sin, spreading over our souls and our bodies and destroying our lives, destroying relationships, isolating us from one another, making life miserable, rather than living with that, we have a high priest that we can go to, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he can just touch us and cleanse us of our sins. And he can just say to us, your sins are forgiven you. Go and sin no more. Jesus can do that. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, seeing that we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. The King James Version there says infirmities. Jesus can sympathize with our weaknesses, with our infirmities. But has in, in all points was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. The throne of grace, who's going to be there? The priest is. What's he going to do? Is going to help us get over our leprous sin. It's our only hope. Let us go to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But let me tell you something else this morning, and maybe the main part of this lesson is this. Not only is Jesus Christ our high priest, but you and I as Christians are also priests. We are all priests. The Bible declares this plainly. I know this is news to some Christians, but it's a, a function and a reality that every Christian needs to understand that we have a responsibility to serve God as priests and serve one another as priests. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. We are his special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9, John describes that scene in heaven where the Lamb appears, and the Lamb and he who is on the throne are being praised. And the Lamb, to, to the Lamb they sing this new song, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seal, for you were slain and have redeemed us.